A Fast Acceptable to God, a teaching by Lourdes Pinto to the Mothers of the Cross on the 5th of March of 2022. My beautiful sisters, we consecrate this teaching today to Our Lady of Silence. And we ask her to, to give us each the grace to, to enter this teaching that it become flesh of our flesh. And the title of this teaching this afternoon now is A Fast Acceptable to God Rooted in Love. And the focus of this teaching is fasting. And as mothers of the cross and missionaries of the cross, because this teaching applies to, to all men and women, is the type of fasting that God desires, especially this Lent. We read this week from Isaiah, and in chapter 58, it's very clear God speaks to his people through Isaiah, and God is not happy with their fasting. God is not happy with their mortifications. And I'm going to read to you verses 3 to 7, because they're central to the message for us today. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice. To undo the thongs of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free. And to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, St. Stephen says this, to his Jewish brothers and sisters. You stiff-necked people, 
uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. I've been pondering these words. Why? When I prayed to the Lord before Ash Wednesday, what he wanted for me personally for Lent, in my own heart, because of the situation in the world, especially in Ukraine, I felt that maybe this Lent I needed and even wanted to go into a much stricter fast. So I went to prayer asking the Lord, you know, what he wants. And I, I was expecting like something very strict, you know, very <laughs> strong. And when the Lord speaks, I was surprised because he didn't answer my prayer just for me. He answered the prayer for all this community. And in that desire of the Lord, he doesn't even mention a physical fast as far as bread and water or food or whatever. And that really surprised me because it wasn't what in my heart I was expecting or even praying for. So that message became very important to me. And I want you to understand that in no way am I knocking fasting on food or bread or whatever you're being called or what our Blessed Mother has called us to. Yet it isn't enough. And it's very, very clear in scripture. What is St. Stephen telling the people? You see, the Pharisees fasted. They kept really strong regulations. And yet, God was not happy with their fast. Because they didn't enter the fasting of the heart. And the, he's very specific, St. Stephen, uncircumcised in heart. My sisters and brothers, to be docile to the Holy Spirit, we need to circumcise our hearts. This is the most perfect fast. The simple path God has entrusted to his mustard seed is the path of the circumcision of our hearts so that we can be God's people, guided and led by the Spirit into the kingdom of God to enter the Holy of Holies, the sacred heart of Jesus, to be consumed in the Trinity. More than ever this Lent, the Lord desires new Adams and new Eves, new men and women, transformed men and women he desires new men and women capable of loving as one with him therefore god has not formed us with many exterior practices such as endless novenas and consecrations 40-day fast etc 
The Pharisees had many exterior practices, many prayers, cleansing rituals, fast. Yet Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, calls them stiff-necked. The Lord in the scriptures many times does the same thing. In Matthew 23, verse 25, what does he say to the Pharisees? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You see, we can fast on bread and water and yet be filled inside with all kinds of darkness that is unpleasing to the Lord. In Matthew verse 27, chapter 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are full of the bones of the dead and of all kinds of filth. We can go to mass and look pious. I mean, this is what the path teaches us. All our falsehood, all the masks we wear, especially of holiness. And yet inside all of us, the path has brought us to see the filth inside all of us. And the fasting that the Lord wants is the cleansing of the hearts of men and women. So let's go deep into the words of Isaiah and how this type of fasting is what we need to focus on according to God's desire for us this Lent. Isaiah tells the people, God says, that he wants a fasting, he says, to let the oppressed go free. That is what the Lord wants from us. That's pleasing to him. So how do we, as mothers of the cross, and missionaries of the cross, let the oppressed go free. Well, the Lord has been forming us to help in the liberation of the oppressed, including ourselves, through the whole simple path. On November 29, 2010, the Lord explains to us how to live this type of fasting. He says, see the oppression and darkness in your family as the same darkness in the world and in my church. This darkness also oppresses my heart and I continue to suffer. Then at the end of that message, because you can look it up in the messages in the website. The Lord says, my daughter, you must choose to love always. In your family, love through your silence. 
love through your gentleness, love in kindness, love in patience, persevere in love. Therefore, our fasting needs to be in the silence of Mary, receiving the oppression of the people we live with and suffering that oppression through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ to set them free. A fast that moves us to love. On December 31st, 2012, the Lord explains again how to live this type of fasting. He says, receive my wounds. The sin, brokenness, and oppression of your brothers and sisters. So that you can radiate my light in the darkness. This is love. The love of the world is self-seeking and self-centered. But the love of God is self-giving. Jesus is saying that in order for us to be spouses that receive his wounds, we have to be willing to receive the brokenness, sin, and oppression of the people closest to us. Those are the wounds of Christ. This is a very profound fasting of the heart that requires great mortification. The mortification of the controlling of our tongue. The mortification of our thoughts. The mortification of our reactions to our emotions. The mortification of our desires. The mortification of our expectations. The mortification of our plans and goals in life. This is the greatest fast that the Lord desires and needs during this time in the world. On December 26, 2013, the Lord said, this hidden life of suffering, the oppression of other souls with me will obtain for you the crown of glory. This is our hope. This is our joy. This is our peace. This is the promise God is making us. We will all become his saints if we live the fasting that's pleasing to God, the circumcision of the heart. The Lord to Isaiah says, loose the bonds of injustice and undo the thongs of the yoke. We are called as victim souls 
to unbind souls. In 2011, December 19th, the Lord said, you must become the chain of pierced hearts that will unbind the chain of darkness and bondage. You see, God has been forming us from the beginning in what he told Isaiah to the Jewish people centuries and centuries ago. God doesn't change. (laughs) The heart of God desiring from the Jewish people centuries ago is the same desire of God now. And he's telling us the same thing. This is what's pleasing to God. November 12, 2012, I wrote in my journal, as I prayed before the blessed sacrament, the novena of Our Lady of Undoer of Knots, Jesus brought my interior sight to see him again bound with rope, and I unbounded him. He now revealed that rope to me again, but this time with knots in it. He explained to me again that he wants us to receive the knots of many souls and as one with Mary to suffer with him, to unbind many souls and set them free. This is the chain of love. Now, there's an important teaching for us from this experience. Because you see, I was praying the novena. So novenas are important. The problem is that most of us do fast and novenas, and it can stay only as a prayer and novena. The Lord was teaching me and all of us that the novena of the undoer of knots, which is Our Lady, I had to live and become that novena with Mary. It's not just a prayer. I had to accept my own bondage and the bondage of so many souls around me, the knots that they're stuck in, and suffer that as one with Mary in Christ, to unbind them. Then on August 15th, 2012, on the Feast of the Assumption, our Blessed Mother reveals the interior bridal gown of the Mothers of the Cross. And all of you should have that. We should all ponder our mystical bridal gown every once in a while. But there's one section of our bridal gown that is what? A rope. And this is what Our Lady explained to us. Around your waist is a rope. This represents the rope tied around Jesus's hands during his trial. You unbound him with your love and the rope now around you 
symbolize your union with him in his agony and crucifixion. Through him, with him, and in him, you will help unbound many souls, especially priests, from the bondage of sin. Our yes to be Jesus' victim souls, that love, that passion Sheila was speaking about in the prayer of the rosary, that has unbound our Lord with our love. And then Jesus places his rope around our waist and says, this is a reminder that you are bound to me, your love crucified. And with me, you are called to help unbind those in great oppression. How beautiful. How beautiful. We can't forget who we are, the significance of the beauty of our mystical bridal gown. And then the Lord says to Isaiah, tell the people not to hide yourself from your own kin, from your own people. What is the Lord said to us? You have to choose to love those most difficult to love. You must always choose love, patience, and tenderness, and never give in to anger and resentment. He says to us, ponder every relationship. You see, this is, should be part of our, our Lenten observance. This should be part of our fasting. Ponder every relationship and situation in your lives where you are not loving with me, through me, and in me. And ask yourselves, you see, this is our question for Lent. Why is it so difficult to love this person or to love in these situations? And the Lord tells us, it is precisely in those situations and with those persons where you need to be purified. Every day of Lent, we should thank God for the most difficult people in our lives. Because they're the greatest gift of God to us. Because we cannot become saints without them. It is really easy to love those that we love. Those that we get along with. It's so easy. But if that was the case in our lives, we would be, we couldn't become saints. So God in each of our lives places the most difficult people <laughs> and difficult situations. And I get to hear the lives of many of you. And I'm amazed at what difficult situations just about everyone in this community lives in. But that is a gift from the Lord. So make that a fasting every day for the rest of Lent. We're going to thank God. This is part of our fasting for our cross. Thank God for that person in that situation I'm called to live with. That is so difficult. 
in order to live this type of fasting, this circumcision of the heart, silence is of the essence. That's why Our Lady came to us as the icon of our mother of silence right before Ash Wednesday. Silence has been in our simple path from the beginning. Yet the Lord made it clear that this Lent, above all, he wants us to enter as a community silence in a way we've never entered it before. That's why we stopped accompanying it, because personally for me, it would be very difficult to live Lent in that way, because every day I have accompaniment. So we thought, let, let's live this. This is the Lord is telling us this as a community. And it's really sweet because I really prayed very hard to the Lord. I mean, do you want for 40 days not to have any accompaniment? And I felt the Lord say, you know, Lourdes, they don't need you. <laughs> they have me. <laughs> and if they enter silence, I'm going to speak to them and I'm going to guide them and you can be silent. <laughs> so that was so beautiful to see. I need to decrease and the Lord needs to increase. So Lourdes is decreasing. Praise be to God. <laughs> In August 10th, I mean, August the 10th of 21, I wrote this in my journal. I am called to live in the silence of Mary. It's a silence of living in union with God. A silence that is continuous prayer. A silence that is entirely focused attentive to each moment, each person and situation. A silence of contemplation and interior work. The work of living as Christ's white linen, soaking up his precious blood discarded by souls. Useless speech and activity can move me out of this silence of union. That's the teaching on silence in our path number 101. Ponder that during Lent. Useless speech, the Lord said to us. Care, he said to us, these are the words. When you enter this divine union in silence, you must be careful to nurture it. Careless speech and careless activity can bring the soul out of this divine dimension of silence. We have the silence of waiting. My battle for souls is my willingness to wait in Abba through Jesus crucified and is long waiting in the Eucharist. It is the most intimate participation in the divine love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for humanity. It is the perfection of the interior martyrdom lived solely for love. 
my insisting and pushing stop. And I accept and live in my powerlessness, abandoned in God's eternal waiting, trusting only in his goodness and mercy. The long waiting brings me face to face with my powerlessness, my nothingness. And if I keep my gaze on Christ, my faith is strengthened through the knowledge of his goodness, majesty, and power. In our path, the Lord taught us, mortify yourself in silence. I assure you, my sisters, if this becomes our main fasting, we will all see how difficult it is. Much harder than any physical mortification. Mortify yourself in silence, but it is not the silence of nothingness. It's the silence of constantly struggling to go back to remain as a companion with the Lord. In Isaiah, today's reading of the Mass, the Lord goes on in chapter 58 to speak about the fasting of the tongue of speech. God says to the Israelites, if you remove from your midst false accusation and malicious speech, he will bless them. Sirach, chapter 27, verse 4, has an important one sentence for us this Lent. It says, when a sieve is shaken, the refuse appears. So does a person's faults when he speaks. This Lent, God desires to purify our hearts. As we mortify ourselves in silence, we must be very attentive to what we speak. How difficult it is to be silent. How easy it is many times to give our opinions. What does our speech reveal to us about our hearts? We need to fast from murmuring. All frivolity, as Jesus and Mary told us in one of the messages to our community, frivolity in speech and activities. We need to fast from reacting from our emotions and from seeking consolation when we're suffering. We need to fast from our many distractions. And as we enter this type of fasting and live it 
we're going to really enter the last verse of today's gospel to us in the gospel of Luke. Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Because this Lent, we're going to be offering the Lord contrite hearts. Hearts repentant because we are such great sinners. This is the gift. This is the grace. This is the blessing God desires. And when he has souls that truly offer him contrite hearts because we have come to know our sinfulness. That is pleasing to the Lord. And that brings forth transformation. That is the fast the Lord asks of us. And I remind you of our examination of conscience. I will be sending it to you, all of you in English and Spanish. It's as a word document. And we're getting ready to make our examination of conscience into a pamphlet that we can have and can be shared with many people. But it's a powerful examination of conscience that goes into the circumcision of the heart. Because ultimately, the whole path is to bring us to be transformed in God, which is love. And so I leave you with words from the Magnificat yesterday that said, Christ's love as God's agape is love that comes down from on high and loves that which is unworthy so that it may become worthy. The love of God enters our unworthiness to make us worthy. Mary enters the grotto, our unworthiness to make us worthy. And as victim souls, we need to enter the unworthiness of others to participate through suffering with Christ in the transformation of making them worthy. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.